ABF Creative. ABF That's gonna be stuck in my head all day long. Lucky old me. Hm. I paid good money to live in that commercial world. <laughs> Just imagine. Something bothering me? No problem. Just gotta sing a funky tune and poof, it's gone. Now hold on a minute. That jingle reminds me of our old camp theme song. Hmm. That gives me an idea. Okay, okay. Hold your horses. I can hear you, you know. Sorry I'm late, kids. Just had to rest these old bones for a while. <laughs> Have I ever shared the Camp Red Room theme song with you? It's pretty good if you ask me. A classic, even. <laughs> oh, come on now. It's good. Not only that, but I think it could be the key to me getting out of here. See, I've been thinking. <laughs> you know how songs break spells in movies and books? Maybe that's the case here. How about we gather around the fire while I chant it? I figure it'll be more powerful if we do it together. Man, talk about a difficult bunch. Fine, I'll tell you a story first, and then we'll try. All right? All right, here we go. <laughs> All the middle school kids who lived on Bellwether Island knew that if, if you missed the 407 ferry from the mainland after school, you'd be crammed like sardines on the 607 with all the grown-ups going back to the island after work. Theo? Juan called over his shoulder as he ran down the pier toward the waiting ferry. It was 406. Come on! Go on without me! His best friend Theo called from several yards behind. I'm not going to make it! Juan slowed as he heard Theo hustling down the pier, his backpack becoming more and more unzipped with every frantic step. First, his books fell out, then his water bottle. By the time Juan turned and jogged back to help, Theo was picking up his many mechanical pencils off the dock. Sorry, dude. I made us miss it, Theo said as Juan knelt next to him, helping him stuff the contents of his backpack back in. I gotta call my mom. We'll get the 607, Juan said, helping Theo up. Come on, let's go get snacks in the waiting room. A while later, Theo and Juan were sitting in the tiny ferry terminal waiting room, overlooking the bay, having pulled their change and raided the vending machine. Ish foggy, huh? Theo said, his mouth full of caramel candy. Super foggy, Juan agreed getting up from the creaky old bench and getting closer to the window. What'd your mom say? Theo swallowed his candy. She said, Theodorus, I expect you and Juan to stay in that waiting room doing your homework until your dad comes. You can take the 607 ferry with him. And Theodorus... No funny business? Juan interrupted with a grin. No funny business, Theo agreed, still imitating his mom. Juan stared outside the window. It's too creepy for funny business, he said. Outside, a thick carpet of fog had rolled over the bay and seemed to be getting deeper by the moment. Soon, it would connect with the white-gray sky, blocking out everything else. 
Well, this explains a lot, Theo said. He'd wandered over to the row of black and white pictures framed on the opposite wall. What? Juan asked, joining him in front of a particularly old-looking photograph. The picture was of an old-fashioned ferry boat. People crowded along the railings on the deck, barely visible through a thick fog, waving to whoever took the picture. Juan read aloud, All 57 souls aboard the 507 ferry to Bellwether Island drowned when the ferry hit rocks hidden by fog off the portside bow. Deceased included Captain R. Cromwell and first mate J. Bowers. So that's why, Theo said, walking back over to the bench and picking up his math notebook. Why what? Juan asked, sitting next to him. Why there's no 507 to Bellwether Island? Theo answered. When Juan gave him a confused look, Theo said, You don't think it's weird that there's a ferry every hour of the day except 507? Bet they stopped after the sinking of that one a hundred years ago. Theo nodded back toward the picture on the wall. It'd be bad luck otherwise. Oh yeah, I heard that story. My mom says people see the ferry in the fog sometimes, full of ghosts trying to get to shore. Dude, Theo said softly, that's terrifying. Eh, Juan said with a shrug. It's only terrifying if they actually make it to shore. What what happens if they make it to shore? Theo asked nervously. I think they find bodies to replace or something. Like, eat living people's souls and take over their bodies. I don't know, Juan said, squinting through the window into the mist. I wasn't really paying attention. Wait a minute. No 507 ferry my butt, Juan said, jumping up and stuffing his things into his backpack. See that? He asked, nodding toward the window. See what? Theo asked, peering through the glass. It's like a wall of white out there. That, Juan said, angling Theo's shoulders so he could see the fog-filtered lights of the boat. Is that the 507 to Bellwether Island? Let's go. Wait, Theo called, this time catching up with Juan as they reached the dock at the end of the pier. There is no 507. Then what do you call this? Juan said triumphantly as the ferry swayed up to the dock. The 507 to Bellwether, Theo said reluctantly. The ferry was almost buried by fog, and the friends jumped back as the gangway dropped onto the dock next to them with a loud thud. All aboard! The 507 to Bellwether Island! Called a voice from the thick fog on the top of the gangway. With Juan in the lead, the boys hurried up the narrow walkway, the fog closing in behind them. Shoot, Theo said, where he and Juan stood together at the railing toward the stern of the ferry, watching the pier disappear behind them as the ferry got underway. No service. He held his phone up above him, spinning in a circle. Is it possible to have, like, negative bars? Tickets, please. Tickets? Said a voice. The boys swung around, seeing nothing but fog behind them. After a moment, a man emerged from the mist, wearing what looked like an old-time ferryman costume, complete with a box hat, pocket watch, and handlebar mustache. Tickets, please, gentlemen, the man said again. 
The fog gave his voice an odd sort of echo. Here you go, Juan said, holding out his monthly ferry pass. Tickets, please. Tickets, the man said again, ignoring Juan's pass and continuing to walk past them along the railing. Theo and Juan exchanged a look as the man disappeared into the mist. Kids ride for free day? Theo suggested, but he looked unconvinced. Theo? Juan asked, looking around him uneasily. Where are the other passengers? Maybe they're inside, Theo responded. We're the only weirdos freezing our feet off out here. With silent agreement, the friends went in the same direction the ticket taker had, following the muffled sound of his voice. They each kept a hand on the wet railing as they walked, the fog so thick they couldn't see more than a foot in front of them. I keep shivering, Juan said, turning to see Theo, almost completely concealed by fog, just a few steps behind him. Feels like I'm walking through an icy mist. Same, Theo said, reaching out to hold on to Juan's backpack as they moved down the railing. Keep going, I can hear people, just up ahead. The voices grew louder with each step, and the boys could now not even see their feet below them or their hands on the rail. Captain Cromwell. It was the voice of the ticket taker, coming from just ahead, but still hidden by the mist. The boys walked closer. Bowers! Another voice answered. What have we got? Juan stopped walking, stumbling forward as Theo walked into him. The voices were right there, but all the boys could see was white. 57 souls on board the 507 to Bellwether Island, Captain Cromwell. The ticket taker, who the boys now knew was named Bowers, answered. Wait a second, Theo whispered, yanking Juan backward by his backpack. What? Juan whispered back. And why are we whispering? I think they walked away. Not that I can see anything. The captain. What did the ticket taker call him? Theo whispered urgently. Uh, captain? Juan answered, confused at his friend's alarm. He called him Captain Cromwell. And then Captain Cromwell called the ticket taker guy Bowers. So... Juan asked, starting to move forward again into the thick mist. We're on the 507 to Bellwether! Theo whispered furiously, yanking Juan back again. Yeah? Juan said. I know! And stop yanking on my backpack! The fog was lifting just enough that the friends could see each other's faces. Theo's eyes were huge with alarm. We're on the 507 to Bellwether Island! Crashed a hundred years ago! Theo Whisper screamed, his frantic words falling as the fog dissolved, revealing the deck of the ferry. Splintering. Waterlogged boards. Rusted railing. And thick ropes of seaweed hanging from the little glass captain's house towering above them. No way! Juan whispered. But then his jaw dropped as the fog thickened again concealing everything except for the dozens of shimmering silhouettes that suddenly appeared around them. The friends watched in shocked silence as the silhouettes sharpened, revealing women in wide-brimmed hats and long skirts, and men in old-fashioned dark suits with hats of their own, all staring out at the water in front of the ferry. Oh, 
It's a ghost ship, Theo said loudly, his tone matter-of-fact. Theo! Juan was the one whispering now. Stop talking. Theo ignored him, his voice getting louder and louder. It's a ghost ship, and that wasn't icy mist we were walking through. It was people. Shh, Juan hissed, pressing his hand over Theo's mouth. Ghost people. Theo yanked his head away and hissed back, his voice rising. And if they see us, they're going to eat our souls and take over our bodies. We have to hide. I think it's too late for that, dude, Juan said quietly. The friends stood frozen. All around them, there was a horrible clicking, clacking sound as the ghosts turned their heads to face them, their ghost mouths gaping open, strange watery murmurs bubbling up from inside of them. Feed us. The ghosts moaned. Feed us your souls. Run! The boys yelled, shuddering as they tore through the crowd of ghosts. Too sure. Too sure. The ghosts murmured behind them. Take us to shore. Take us to shore. The friends ran, Theo holding tight to Juan's backpack, not even able to see his own hand in front of him. The fog seeming to have turned almost solid, pressing against his eyeballs, swirling down his throat. The murmuring of ghosts followed closely behind. (gasps) Here, Juan said, his hands finally touching something solid. It's a door. Gripping the wet handle and yanking, the boys tumbled through the door, slamming it shut behind them. It's the pilot's house, Theo whispered, catching his breath. The little room was walled with glass, the heavy mist pressing against it so completely it was like the windows were painted white. Look, Juan whispered. At the front of the small room was the ship's wheel, and at the wheel stood the ghost of Captain Cromwell. He was hunched over the wheel, his shimmery eyes squinting. At his elbow stood his first mate, Bowers. Theo, we've got to turn starboard side, Juan said quietly. They don't see the rocks. We have to warn them. Did you forget the part about them wanting to eat our souls? Theo whispered furiously. I've got an idea, Juan said quietly. Follow my lead. Following your lead always gets me grounded, Theo hissed as Juan tiptoed toward the captain. Theo watched in horror as Juan moved closer and closer to the captain and then stepped inside of him. Oh, heck no, Theo murmured. His friend was still visible, but he was completely engulfed by the shimmering ghost of the captain. Juan turned his head, forcing the captain's head to turn as well, giving Theo a fierce, get over here now, look. I might barf, Theo said quietly, but he moved forward till he was standing just behind first mate Bowers. Theo grimaced as he reached out, his fingers, then his hand, then his arm, feeling like they were being plunged into icy gelatinous water as he reached inside first mate Bowers. Holding his breath and squeezing his eyes shut, he stepped all the way in. Oh, I am definitely going to barf, Theo said, his voice echoing with a now familiar ghostly sound. This guy's ghost smells like fish guts. Make him grab the wheel, Juan said quietly. We've got to turn starboard. 
Theo did as his friend asked, straining to move first mate Bower's ghostly arms until he was gripping the wheel. This is like moving through goo. One, two, three. Now! Juan shouted. The friends yanked hard on the wheel, straining as they pulled. Slowly at first, and then more quickly, the boat began to turn. Did it work? Theo whispered. Because I'd really like to get out of this goo ghost. Well, we'll know if we don't sink to the bottom of the bay, Juan answered. There was a sort of lurch, and the boat seemed to still. All passengers off for Bellwether Island! First mate Bowers shouted, stepping back and leaving Theo shivering at the wheel. Bowers walked quickly across the room, opening the door and shouting again. We've arrived at Bellwether Island. All ashore. Who's going ashore? After a moment, the captain followed him out the door, and Juan and Theo stared after him, their shock freezing them in place. But not for long. Let's go! Theo yelled, grabbing Juan and yanking him through the pilot's door onto the deck. How do we get off? Juan said, staring over the railing to the pier a dozen feet below. Lower the gangplank? We can't, Theo said, looking nervously over his shoulder. If we do that, they'll come after us and then... Eat the souls of everyone in Bellwether and take over their bodies? Juan said. Pretty much, Theo answered. We're going to have to jump. One, two, three, now! The friends landed hard on the dock and scrambled up, watching in relief as the ghosts on the deck of the ferry seemed to press against the railings, stuck on board. That's right! Juan shouted at the ghost ship. You stay up there, you soul suckers! Yeah, you gooey ghouls! Theo hollered, shaking his fist. They're leaving! Juan shouted, jumping up and down. At the edge of the pier, the 507 to Bellwether Island, its waterlogged boards and seaweed-strewn railings gushing with water, swayed away from the dock. Moments later, the fog seemed to swallow it whole, and it disappeared. Juan, I don't feel so good, Theo said after a moment. He lifted his hand, wrinkling his brow. His skin seemed to shimmer in the mist. You don't look so good, Theo, Juan said, holding out his shimmering hand. I feel so strange. Don't you feel strange? Aye, Captain Cromwell, Theo said, in a voice that wasn't his own. I'd say we're just starting to get our land legs back. Was a long journey, that one, Juan said, his voice strange. Bowers... You were the best first mate I could have asked for. Anyone who is watching would see Theo and Juan, middle school best friends, walking up the pier. They might wonder why the boys were skipping, leaping, pressing their hands over their bodies like it was their first time ever feeling their own skin. Anyone who was watching would not know that Theo and Juan were gone, and that Captain Cromwell and his loyal first mate Bowers had finally come to shore. (laughs) I knew that story would send chills down your spines. (laughs) It never fails to do so. Now, it's finally song time. 
You're all gonna love this. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. I'll chant the lyrics. And you kids are gonna clap and stomp your feet. All right? Here we go. <clears throat> oh, um, oh, um, there's no place quite like Red Rum. Raise your fist and beat your drums and tell them who you heard it from. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he, our camp may not be fancy, but stick around and you will see that Camp Red Rum's the place to be. <laughs> Come on, kids, put your backs into those stops. <laughs> Hear that? It's working! I feel it! That breeze! Again! Louder! Oh, um, oh, um, there's no place quite like her. Darn! I'm still here! Yeah, yeah. I figured that breeze was just you, Oliver. It was just too good to be true. What? Oh, I'm the bad guy for being disappointed? I'm the bad guy because I burst your eardrums? I don't want to hear it from you, you bratty bird. You've got all the freedom in the world, and yet you decided to stick around. Well, that's on you. Don't give me none of that attitude. You kids leaving so soon? Well, all right. It was worth a shot, wasn't it? Take care now. Get home safe, yeah? Well, looks like I'm back to square one again. And now I've got that camp song stuck in my head instead of the jingle. I just can't seem to win. Darn it! Help a friend out, would you, Oliver? Give me something else to think about so I can forget this song. Hey! That's no way to treat a pal! Come back here! Darn owl! Guess I'll just have to drown the song out with a TV show. <laughs> Get your savings. Oh, oh, not another one. <laughs> <laughs>